Oh yeah, right about now, Compton's in the motherfucking house. Tell them where you from. Sweet nigga, that's my team. Skate mafia, yeah, that's my gang. YCE, that's what I claim. Skate mafia, yeah, that's my gang. Top notch at the acclaim. YCE, nigga, that's my team. Top notch, nigga, that's what I claim. Skate mafia, yeah, that's my gang. Pills, coke and shrooms, bunch of bad bitches up in the room Fed them the raw, head in the stall, she clutching the jaws Getting me off, move on the west, getting respect Come from the east, home in the nets, living SD Home of the best, living SD, home of the best, that's me Young OG, swear to God, man, they don't want no beef Swear to God, man, they won't touch this beat Until I did, get off my meat, ahead of my time Fuck them the truth, fire and flame when I'm up in the booth Then I'm chucking the juice, breaking buds in the coop With a couple of sluts and they fucking the crew Let's ride, help, slide, don't slip Never seen a nigga get fly like this Born this way, so I'ma die like this Pull on a J, get high, don't trip Ever since a young and been a cotton mouth gang Blowing smoke rings, going hard in the paint What the fuck you think? We ain't getting bank So I get the truck the size of a tank And go kill the people that decided to hate Yeah, we smoking, choking, loking, rolling Driving like the car is stolen Through a motion coaster Smoking bogeys till the casket closes All I wanna do is live my motherfucking life I rolled the dice, I took the bumps, I paid the price I need more than just a slut to stay tonight We're chasing more, that's why I'm in the cut to write Replace the sores with success and slabs of ice You're chasing whores, that's why success can't come to light Come take a tour, y'all club set you up for life Fresh and like smoke louder than motorbikes Watching the poultry guys Eat pills, coke and shrooms, bunch of bad bitches up in the room Eat pills, coke and shrooms, bunch of bad bitches up in the room Eat pills, coke and shrooms, bunch of bad bitches up in the room Eat pills, coke and shrooms, bunch of bad bitches up in the room Fed them the raw, head in the stall, she clenching the jaw It's getting me off, live on the west, getting respect Come from the east, home in the nets, living SD Home of the best, living SD Home of the best, that's me, Young OG. Support for Talking Schmidt is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, kids. It's the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. We're going to give you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Shout out at manscape.com. Just type in the code shout out and the rest is smooth sailing. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'll tell you this. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. That's right, kids. Advanced skin safe technology. 
Now you can feel confident shaving those family jewels. Did I mention wireless charging? Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOUT OUT Shout at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SHOUT OUT. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Shout out. Yo, yo, this is Brandon Turner and you're watching Talking Schmidt. Chuck. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the all cause turn, isn't it? All big dogs in. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I can <laughs> shit my pants. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one. The one. The one. Who's this guy? thinks he's tough shit. What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. All right, I got my fucking uh, ODB Skate Mafia shirt on today, kids. This one is for all you, but especially for the Hemis down in San Diego. Cha! Been looking for this one for a while. Hyped as fuck. We got Brandon Turner on the show today. What up, B? Yo, yo, what's good? How's it doing? How's it doing, man? You know, rest in peace, Phelps, man. I love... uh... The ODB shirt, man. I even got that shirt, dude. Like, <laughs> I need that one. What is that? A long sleeve, a hoodie? Like, I need no, that. I put it. <laughs> I put it on over my uh, a thermal because it's cold up here in SF. Yeah, yeah. We got to get you one of these mafia vests, man. You know, like, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I just, just hit up DC, problems. and I was like, I need some stickers. I need a new shirt. This one I've been running for about. I think this is maybe coming up on two years old when he sent this to me. I don't know when they made it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck That's yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah, DC. Yeah, you got it. Got You got to shoot the box, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the origin story of Cha? Where'd it come from? Cha. Uh, me and uh, me and uh, Smolik, you know, you know, we just, you know, be wild and be like, you know, I have every everything shot. You know what I mean? Everything shot. But to me. It means uh, channeling all awareness. You oh. know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sick. Where are you at? Shit, I'm in San Diego, man. I just got back from uh, Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah. How you doing? I like the setup, man. I like the whole shit, dude. You got the, the stickers, everything, I my, man. I got my mafia shirt on. I've had the you got the mafia shirt. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing good. I mean, considering like I got no complaints, it's, you know, there's a lot of shit that sucks, but like we're, we're fortunate for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Dude. I mean, things, things are starting out. I mean, Florida is like, it's, it's like, it's like, there's no pandemic at all. It was so crazy out there. Really? Yeah. I think it was... That's how Texas is too. They just went like, I'm gonna, I'm they stole the brain. They just don't care. They ain't, they're like, hey, if I get sick, I get sick. If I die, I die. Whatever. Hasta la vista, I baby. I, I trip on that shit, especially like in the skate community when Mark Waters died. I was like, man, this is a dude that a lot of skaters know. How y'all going to be like, this ain't, this ain't, this is real. Like, this is fucking real. 
Oh, I know. I know it's real. I yeah. know it's real. I mean, <laughs> some people that think it's not real. Like I know so many people who's got sick. I mean, who's gotten sick and was like in the hospital, like, yo, I'm not going out no more. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. They just, I mean, it's like everything else. It just takes once to like, oh, shit. Well, you know how skateboarders are, man. We don't, we don't, we're not trying to hear none of that, man. Yeah. You know? Defiant. I know. Let's start from the very uh, beginning. Uh, you weren't born in Japan, but you kind of grew up in Japan, right? Where were you born? I was born in San Diego and uh, I uh, grew up sometime in Yokosuka, Japan. How is that? Yeah. Dope. So sick, man. Just like a full cultural switch just like it's just amazing it was uh you know back back then when i actually moved there there was no internet or anything and um i actually um i had one skateboard and you know and then uh at lax when we went to japan um my board got stolen so there was some time in japan for like a year where i didn't even have a board so it, it was rough for me so i was just like playing sports and whatever uh -huh. and then i ended up getting somebody's board <laughs> <laughs> in japan yeah yeah on the naval base man i was coming uh, home from soccer one time and somebody uh left their board you know on the lawn and i was just like yeah you can't do that uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to get it you know and i i still look back and like feel bad about it like man i stole somebody's board but i needed that <laughs> what what part of Japan was it? Not Tokyo, right? No, no, Yokosuka. Yokosuka. It's like is a naval base. From San Diego to LA. It's like it's like two hours away from Tokyo. I actually got my nephew uh, in from Japan visiting right now. My uh, my nephew Shintaro. How sick! Yeah, yeah, he's out here with the the weekend guys in DC. What up? How you doing? Shout yeah, out. Chilling. Shout out. He's chilling, ripping, handling business. Hell yeah. Is that where your first flip trick went down in, the, in Japan? Yeah, yeah. His his dad actually taught me how to kick flip. No way. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, shout out Tominari Hongo. You know, yeah, he put shout out. He put me, he put me on, man. He he taught me how to kickflip. I got I gotta give everything to to him, you know. Okay. Um and, uh, shout out Philly. You know, I got the got this cut from Philly. Shout <laughs> out. What age were you what age were you in Japan till? Um, uh, from like six to twelve. Oh, okay. So that's a good chunk. Were you did you do anything else? Did you get into like martial arts or did you like try to learn the language at all or no, yeah, his his dad, uh, Tom and I, he he taught me Japanese and taught me the ways and the culture and everything. But, uh, you know, I always played sports. I played uh, basketball and soccer and uh, I took Kung Fu and stuff. I, I always took martial arts my whole my whole life. So, OK, that helps you, know? you with skateboarding, right? Like learning how to fall, being limber, knowing your body. Yeah, just like the whole, you know, body, I balance coordination yeah it, it helped out a lot and just how to be you know one like one with yourself and you know really you know in a meditative state when you're skating so and a lot of, a lot i see a lot more people are, are getting 
to more practice in that and more aware of it. But a long time ago, like over 20 years ago, you know, that like people weren't just, they weren't, they weren't talking about mindfulness and, oh, you know, and uh, just like good (laughs) vibes and positive vibes and all that. They weren't, you know, they, they wasn't on it. Now they were talking about St. Ives, Mickey's, uh, Old English. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All that Hennessy, you know what I mean? You know, we had the crystal phase. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I drink everything. What about the shit in the can uh, that had caffeine in it before anything? Uh, what the shit was? You remember? I was t- it was like kind of fruity. I remember. Oh man, it was the four locos, man. Yeah, four locos. And then they had the juice. Yeah. Hey, I was in SF one time, man. I drank. I was drinking those four locos, man, and. I was going to like an event the next morning. Like, man, I almost went to the hospital. I felt like I was going to die. Dude. Yeah. That's it. It's like Jaeger bombs and stuff. Like we used to take them and you'd be like, man, whatever we're putting in our stomach, it is fucking us up. Like in so many ways. It's insane. Yeah, man. I had to, I had to, uh, you know, bow gracefully, man. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm good on all that. Yeah. Same. Uh, but true or false, your uncle was a pro football player and he's got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, he's got two. Uh, two. Yeah, he played for the Steelers. His, uh, his name's uh, Calvin Sweeney. He played in the 80s. Damn. Yeah. I, I was looking that up. It's, he, he's noted for catching the last pass ever thrown by Terry Bradshaw. When I knew it was over. It was okay? It was okay. Really? It's over. I can't play anymore. Fun fact. Damn, you you got March. <laughs> oh man, you did your research. Look hey. at you. I didn't even know that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hit him up on that. Yeah, that's Wikipedia knowledge right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to holler at him about that. That's sick, though. So, did you go to any games? Yeah, when I was little, you know, like I would go to Pittsburgh. You know, I would stay with them a lot and stuff and they wanted me to play football you know like uh, all my family is like pretty much uh usc alumni and stuff you know and and damn they uh you know my aunt cheerleading for them and all that and they're all oh shit they're all big foot football people but i was like you know I, I needed more freedom than that you know wait so his wife was the cheerleader and that's how they met yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's yeah. like a uh, storybook. Fucking sick. And then I think it's your half brother, stepbrother, Marcel. That's my homie out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcel. He's telling you, he was team manager for Venture for, yeah. for a long time, you know? You guys have the same dad? No, no, no. We're just, you know, that's like, you know, like step play brother, you know? Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So. Got it. You know, we we live we live together when we were young for a long time. He knows my family and all oh. that. You know, we we just had a, a a super strong connection and everything. So you know, Brad, he's been doing a lot of photography lately. I've been seeing some good shit. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it, man. Shout out Marcel, man. Hell Shout yeah. out. <laughs> uh, Holla at your boy. That's that's our thing. When he walks in, we always be like, Holla at your boy. Yeah, he'd be like, Holla at your boy. You know, yeah. oh man, we had some crazy. Every time I go to SF, we just get crazy. I go to SF to skate, 
but they be, you know, very little skating done, you know. <laughs> I love San Francisco, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's good, man. All it, yeah. Uh, who were some of your early heroes? Like, who were the dudes you were ripping out of the mags and putting up on your wall or wanting to buy their boards and that kind of shit? Man, so many people, but, you know, Sal Barbier, Sean Sheffy, uh, Jerron Wilson, um, you know, Kareem Campbell, you know, all the world industry guys, and that, that whole thing, one-on-one, Jason Dill, Gino, right. like... Uh, Day one. Yeah, you know, Joe, day one for sure. Ken um, <laughs> Russell, but, you know, like Tom Penny's like my, my all-time favorite for sure. That's who Steve. I like resonated with the best, you know what I mean? And, um, man, there's just so many good skaters. I don't want to leave anybody out, but, like, there's so many. I looked up to everybody, you know, all the, all the girl guys, you know what I mean? Every everyone, everyone who is like crushing it in like the nineties, you know, that's when like my lock into skateboarding was like the early nineties, you know? Yeah. So you're 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 pretty young when you meet Smolik. Like how how did that all go down when you when you met I met, Peter? I met Peter when I was like five years old. <laughs> Before you went to Japan. Yeah, yeah. No way. Okay. Yeah, were you and, guys in the same neighborhood? Yeah, in the same neighborhood. We grew up grew up in Claremont, and then um, there would be this uh, Mervin's parking lot with like red slappy curbs and stuff, and that's just where all the skaters would uh, post up. And then my mom would like drive by and stuff, and she was a shopper, so she'd always like be going into Mervin's, J.C. Penney's, and shopping all the time. So I would just like be out in front of there asking them to use their boards. And I met Peter and he was like the best. So, you know, I met him and I, I started, you know, skating up to the Mervins and meeting him. And he let me, you know, skate with the cool guys, you know? Uh, and so when you came back from Japan, did you reconnect with him right away or did that take a minute or? Oh, right away. So when I came back from Japan, I was just ready to go. I was ready to start trying to like pursue skateboarding more and i didn't really know what that looked like i didn't ever you know after watching like day one do a fakie tray uh switch front side nose blunt or whatever on a curb in japan yeah. i couldn't even kick flip i know <laughs> i was like there ain't no way i'm gonna get to to that point but i wanted to reconnect with peter and so when i moved back from japan i knew where he lived and i just showed up at his door like and asked him i was just like will you skate with me <laughs> no way yeah yeah and he's like uh go wait out there on the curb <laughs> <laughs> and he uh made me sit out there for like two hours uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that relationship kind of sparked though like that you know, connections with dudes in the industry and then giving you like a little confidence that maybe you could be a part of this thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Then, uh, Peter, I started skating with Peter and then he just started, you know, big brother me and showing me what was up, you know, what tricks to do. I was pushing Mongo and he told me like, yo, that that's not the move, you know, like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta push the other way. I remember even I was skate, I skated a contest pushing Mongo in a pink helmet. You know? <laughs> no, so, son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? 
and then um so after that um you know he would uh i was in seventh grade at the time and um he was in high school and uh he would he would uh come pick me up with the homeboy lap dog from school so i was you know i was like a a cool kid who got picked up from you know the most popular dude and you know that school over at my you know at my school every day and then he he was on it they were he was filming skating every single day so i would just get swooped up from school and then um you know he he put me on so did you see the whole beginning of shorties oh yeah yeah definitely the whole the whole beginning because I, I was on voice you know peter introduced me to ken russell and then we got on boys. We started traveling. We did a few videos. And then um, I met Musk at Pacific Drive when he was on Toy Machine. And when it was just wild down there and, uh, at Pacific Drive back in those days, like, you know, Danny Way would be there, you know, Rob Gerdick, John Drake, you know, uh, oh, wow. all the all the heads that came out of San Diego. And I met Muska. And then um, one day he just... Uh, gave me that call and was like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this new brand. I said, at first I seen that the ad in the magazine, you know, with the shorties. And then he hit me up right after they started. So right. I was like blown away, you know? Oh man. That's gotta feel. I was like, I, I was like, I'm on, I'm with yeah. the musket. <laughs> with the musket. Like it's yeah, not yeah. getting any bigger than this. This is insane. Oh, it was crazy. And then, how long after that is fulfill the dream fulfill the dream comes out in 98. When did you get on, uh, on shorty? It's like a year or so before that. Yeah. When did shorty start? Like, I want to say like in a 96 or something. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. No, 96, 95, so, maybe, maybe 95. I don't know, man. I think 95. So right when you get on, is everybody kind of like Muska already had his uh, toy machine video part, right? Yeah, I remember there was like conflict with that because they were doing the, the toy machine premiere and they had all Muska's footage and yeah, all that. And there's just like a, a lot of controversy with with all that with him and Jamie. And, um, you know, we just we just started rocking from there, you know. So you knew like you needed to film a part. Oh, me, myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, there was no pressure really. We just started <laughs> traveling and skating and then it just then, happened organically. Yeah. It just happened. Like then it wasn't, I don't remember ever filming for a part. I, I didn't huh. film. I didn't film for a part for a long time. I never told myself till recently, like I'm going to film a part, you know, I just, I just always skated to have fun and, when uh when we're doing guilty, they were like, Yeah, we're doing a new video and we were uh we started filming for that, but I wasn't I would I would just go on trips and do what I did and you put together whatever I got, you know. Did you get to spend some time with Rosa? Yeah, we, we met Rosa a few times, but she was busy, you know, doing her, you know, own thing. We did a demo, she became a school teacher and we did a demo at her school and stuff. Oh, is that up here? I heard she's like in the East Bay, maybe. I think so, man. Hey, it was so crazy. Then. I don't even know where I was at. It was somewhere. <laughs> I think it was somewhere in L.A., okay. Santa Barbara. Man, it, we, we was we was moving so, so much that 
I, I don't know what I don't know where it was at. <laughs> right. You got any fascinating stories about Steve Olson? Oh, my gosh. Yes, of course. That Steve dude Olson. was so amazing. He's amazing, man. Like we go, we went to Spain one time and um, this one story and then, um, yeah, he, he, anytime we go on a trip, he just disappear. You know what I mean? He just leave and we'd be like, where's Olsen? We don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then um, we were at the big four. Um, we're at the big four in Spain and um, we're just chilling, kind of done skating and everything. And then um all of a sudden I hear some like some rolling and I was just like, I look back and it's Olsen pushing towards the stairs and he just like, and Ollie flips the four and then keeps on pushing and disappears again. <laughs> Fuck. So elusive. Like when you had the chance to see him in action, it was such a blood. You're just stoked. Oh yeah, man. He's like that. I was just like, where did he come from? You know, not only did he do that trick first try and just roll away, like, <laughs> where did he come from? He, we didn't know where he was at. He was gone for like two days and then didn't get filmed or anything. You know? <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. What about uh, Osiris? That that was kind of like, I don't know. That's You're living large in that era, right? Like they got a lot of money. You're doing some pretty like probably high-end tours and stuff with uh, the Osiris squad, like around the storm and that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, man. We, we did, we had it how we wanted it back then. You know what I mean? Like it was a unlimited budget. You know, we, we did whatever we wanted. We traveled wherever we wanted to go. We did whatever we wanted to do. We bought whatever we wanted. Everything I paid for, I mean, that's just what it was. Like, I wasn't even paying for my rent. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, so, man. I'd be like, hey, you know, I'd want to take a trip with the homies to Miami or something. I'd be like, yeah, you know, this friend's a filmer, this friend's a photographer. And, <laughs> yeah. And this guy we, goes we, to get me snacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> When we came out with the G bag, they sent me out there with a, uh, with a. I wanted to bring my homie, and he was like a, a bigger, you know, older dude. You know what I mean? He didn't skate at all. And they're like, "Well, what, what's this guy going for?" And I'm like, "I need a bodyguard." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Cause, cause I was wild, you know. I got in a lot of trouble. I'm like, hey, I kind of need like someone to <laughs> keep me in check. So if you guys don't want to do it, I got, I got the guy." So get him the ticket. <laughs> Where was like the sickest place you went? Man, so many sick places, like always lots of love in Europe. Uh, Japan's my all time favorite. You know what I mean? I love Miami. Mm. Like Miami's the shit to me. Like it's just like it's like San Diego, but on meth. So <laughs> yeah. like it's like good weather, just like you know, beautiful people and just, um, you know, everywhere there's, there's always been a lot of love everywhere, but as far as like scenery and culture and stuff like Europe is, is, is pretty like diverse and crazy, you know? And I've been everywhere over there. So it's just like, I can't like single out one place, but right. I, I do know where I've gotten the craziest at and you know, <laughs> Barcelona. 
Oh, Barcelona for sure. Many blackouts and Estonia. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all over Europe. I mean, there's some countries like some people send me pictures from back in the day of places I was at. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, Dusseldorf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, well, when was I in Belgium? You know, and then, you know what I mean? Like. So many places, like, because uh, the Osiris tour that we took, they had us on, like, so many different countries. And and and, and one day we'd do a demo, party super hard, and the next day we'd be doing a demo in another place. And then it was just so it all, it was, I, I didn't know what was going on, you know? Would you guys rent uh, transportation or just take your rail or what? No, we had a... Uh, yeah, we of course in Europe you always got to take the train and stuff, but we had the uh, we had buses, you know. Oh, like yeah, we had like tour buses and stuff. No but way! That like was, with the that beds was, in them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Especially in U.S., we had two of them. No way! But, yeah, like with the TVs full, and fridge and. Oh no! You walk in. There's a full living room in the front kitchen bathroom and then you go through the first door and then there's like bunk beds with little tvs in there and then you go all the way to the back and there's like a party room in the back it hired was, driver yeah hired driver all that ah, like, so it just was, every nobody has any responsibilities well i didn't <laughs> I, mean, no, I, I bet fucking Smolik did either. <laughs> yeah, there there's people who had responsibilities like uh uh Rhino was one of the um you know coordinators like team managers for one of one of the trips. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. We got you know crazy. You know what I mean? And you know, he knows what it was. He knows what it, he had the card. You know what I mean? That card got swiped a lot. <laughs> People were yeah. buying jewelry, all that. Oh, <laughs> damn. Wow. I was like, yep, I need that chain. I need that watch to skate. <laughs> what was the, did all those videos have premieres? The shorties and the Osiris, like Guilty, Storm, uh, Fulfill the Dream. Were there premieres for those videos? Yeah, we always had like huge premieres for them. What was the one that went off the most? All of them. Really? All of them like. Was it downtown San Diego at the theater? The the storm one was at the theater and that one was 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 super cool. You know, we you know, it was cool because it was in my city and, you know, we just we did the thing. You know, we we all, you know, everyone rode in limos and stuff. And, oh, yeah. you know, they uh, for the everyone who had a pro model shoe, they got their brass shoes. You know, they got, you know, big, big gift boxes. And, you yeah. know, we did crazy dinners and all that and then with shorties you know we did we did guilty like in la we had a bunch of performers and everything like um you know a bunch of bunch of like sick performers and for fill the dream we did it um i had a broken leg so we we were somewhere like dude i don't i can't even like call it right now but we had same thing it was more of like a festival type thing Okay. And we had, we had, it was like a concert. So we had the alcoholics, all that, you know? Uh, I think at uh, ASR one year, I think Outcast played or somebody at the Shorty's party. I remember going to a Shorty's party and somebody big played. I was like, this is insane. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so sick. Everybody had their, uh, you know, their sweats. The fucking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the jog suits and shit. 
the uh, whole dog suit. Now, now they come back. It's so funny to see like, you know, kids and just, you know, cause the nineties are it's just still funny. Cause the stuff that we like brought, you know, that seeing kids like, um, that's how that's how they're dressing now. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of cool, you know. What was up with that song in Guilty? How'd that come 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 down? It was like written to your part, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a song for my part. I think it was the first one done that anyone rapped over. But you know, I've always done music and stuff, so I wanted to rap over my part, you know. And so that's what that's what I did. I got with some homies because Peter was managing a music group then (laughs) (laughs) and that's 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 what's so crazy with osiris tours too we had like dancers we had djs we had two (laughs) two music groups on the tour on the skate tour so we would we would do our demos in the daytime and then have our after parties at night and have like performers and stuff and then whatever city we were in we had whoever was hot in that city performed too. Unreal, right? That, Just like, that's, the way, that's the way Like to a do dream. It, yeah, but like <laughs> 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 there's ways to want to do it, then there's ways to do it, and then there's oh. ways to do it the way they want to do it. It's like, damn, that's fucking sick. Yeah, yeah I mean, I whew. I don't see anybody. No, it, it. I don't think it'll ever be like that again. I mean, one of the things I want to do is like, especially with like so many skaters who are artists and, you know, talented, you know, doing, you know, music, artists, everything. I someday want to my one of my dreams was kind of to emulate what like what Osiris did. I mean, not ridiculously at that scale, but to at least have some some skaters who are musicians and Mm. uh and and do a tour you know do yeah do a thick tour like music and skate demos and have like the uh you know the barbecues and the, at the demo and the dj and then at nighttime have like the after parties and stuff and with performers yeah. A talent explosion, like fucking art show with photos and paintings with live performance, skating going on. I mean, we've done the skate rock trips where it's like Figgy and the dudes are playing music at night and skating at day. But if you get the dudes that like basically each part of the day is a segment and you do your shit and then you're chilling for the rest while the other people do their shit and then you can re re rehype for the next day and all that stuff. I think it works better. Yeah, absolutely, man. There's so many incredible artists like Markovich, Muska, Danny Minnick, you know. Yeah. So many, so many people just doing their thing, man. It's amazing. It's amazing to see. Yeah. What what happened to Shorties? Like, what was the demise for everybody? What what made you guys bail? Uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> did, did it just get too big? And and they were like, and then it became like more uh, corporate. I think no, it was always the same on, owners and stuff. But I think uh, Muska and the like, uh, the owner of Shorties might have had a, like a disagreement or fallen out, and then we just stopped getting together. You know, people started, you know, getting girlfriends, and we just stopped coming together as like a a, a team because we would meet up as a team at the Shorties house all the time. You know, mm-hmm. be in the pool. We had the mini ramp. We had the, you know, games 
we had we had a team room and everything and we just come up there and like vibe out and skate and then uh we we stopped doing that you know right was it were you on any of those trips where like muska would just it was like the beatles basically i remember there was a trans world video where it was muska and jamie thomas and it was like they were just swarmed by fans like so gnarly like were you on any of those trips where you just get out of the van oh. and you're just like what the fuck oh yeah there's so many times where we couldn't get out of the van like <laughs> there were so many kids you weren't getting out of the van and we show up to demos and stuff and there'd be so many people and it'd be so crazy that you couldn't even skate. So I love to have Muska there because I'm like, yeah, it looks like we're just chilling and not doing the demo. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no demo. We're just chilling. People are giving us like, you know, free weed and all types of shit. Like, you know, especially in like Canada, that was one of the craziest times. Like we showed up to Canada one time and they're just like, People are throwing us mushrooms, throwing us bags of weed, like oh man. Oh, oh, it was it was so insane. You know what I mean? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, nuts. Uh for somebody that has no idea, give a description of who baby schizo is. Oh my gosh, so you cannot say it three times. He will pop up behind you. <laughs> He's that dude. Oh my gosh, like how could how could I how how could I give a description? It's like Beetlejuice. Seen Beetlejuice? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he's like Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. He says his name three times, like, and he will pop up anywhere. Baby Schizo was uh he met Peter at some trade show one time and um ended up coming down and staying with Peter and he was just there. He 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 stayed with Peter and just like he was supposed to be filming, you know, he skated and whatever and he just like wouldn't leave <laughs> you know what i mean and then everywhere you go that he'd be there so there's one time uh peter we're at peter's house and we're supposed to go to canada and uh baby schizo is there and he's like come on smoke he's like fly me out to canada with you he's like no no peter had like this fish tank with like this dead fish in there for like a year whatever and he, he got the fish out of this green fish tank and like a, he like smashed it and like an eyeball popped out. And he's like, eat this eyeball and you can roll. And he ate the eyeball. He's like, ah, sucker, you ain't coming with me to Canada. <laughs> so, hey, we left. We left. This is this is how like I don't know how he pulled off some of the shit he did, but we left schizo at the airport in San Diego. <laughs> I watched him as we left San Diego to fly to Canada. By the time I get to Canada and I open up my hotel room, he's in my hotel room <laughs> like he's been there for a week. <laughs> oh, shit. So that's the don't say his name three times. Was it there was a story where he locked himself in the uh, skate park or something so nobody could get in and he was in there or some shit I heard or something like that. Yeah, something like that, man. I had some things that he like climbed through my window at the crib. I almost threw him out out of uh, Peter's Suburban on the freeway like, man, is he know? still around? I haven't seen him, man. He was in Hollywood, you know, whatever, doing whatever he does. But I don't I don't know. Much love, though. I don't have no uh, ill feelings towards anybody, but 
right. you know, that was just, that's just what then looked like to me. You know, we were all super young and he was uh, super, you know, ambitious to get to where he wanted to get to. And um, he, he's, he's persistent. Right. <laughs> persistent is the word. That's, that's the understatement. So then when does the, uh, let me see if I can do this here. Oh shit! When does uh, this happen? Oh, that's left over right, man. Whoop. Like that? Yeah, left over right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And then the thumbs down, left over right, pinkies down, and bam! You got you got the mafia. You got you know that's the skate mafia right there. You know? Yeah. That's the that's the the global domination, the skateboard unity, the sleep on your couch with whatever country you're in you know <laughs> that's that's the hemis nowadays and uh we got dc dan conley holding it down and prebs prebs for sure that was kind of like a natural next step right like those were already the homies right yeah 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 of course we're all homies and it's been you know it's it's been a beautiful thing Give since me 2004 Give me the lowdown on this kid, Wes Kramer, that we all love so much. Oh, man. Special that's, individual. That's that's my boy, man. You know, I've known I've known Wes for a long time, you know, and uh-huh. put him on. I told I, I taught him how to roll his first blunt, you know, so that, that, <laughs> that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's down at Pacific Beach on the stoop having great times. Yeah, he moved in a block from Navarrete. They've been doing it up big Wednesdays or whatever. Big two. Yeah, absolutely. What's the gnarliest thing you've ever seen go down on a skateboard? Like you were there for fucking. I seen Danny Way jump off the fucking uh, guitar at the Hard Rock Cafe. I was like, all right. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Right. Um, Man, it, it has to be Muska, dude. Like every single rail. He's skated like that. I've seen he's had like two hours of hype up, changing clothes, changing music. And he does it first try. No, you know, some people will be like holding on their friend's shoulder and dropping in to warm up to the rail. Let me just tell you, like Muska didn't do that. So when I see that, I'm just like, yo, man, you can't be cheating, man. If you're going to skate the rail. Hey, skate the rail. You know what I mean? Don't be doing your little warm-up drop-ins. I'm just playing. You know, I know a lot of people do that, but hey, you know, I, I had to say something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I seen like some people just get straight out of the van and go straight to it. Like, nope, this is what I'm this is what I'm here for. I I ain't playing around. Yeah, yeah. You can't play, you know, like just like, you know, you can't be doing the the shoulder droppings on the rail, man. Like, <laughs> like that ain't the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, it's the element of surprise. You drop in on the rail from your friend's shoulder, and then once you do it, it's just like, okay. You know, we all know you can ollie. We know you can ollie onto the rail, but you're t- you're taking out a component. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's cheating. There's a little <laughs> bit of a cheat on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what have you seen Muska do though? You, were you there for any of like the trip, the fucking kinkers, or like what was something that stood out that you're like, God so, damn? Th- there's this rail in Miami. He five o'd this rail in Miami, 
that was like insane. Like it was just, it was insane. I didn't even want to watch it. I wanted to leave. I was like, I don't want to be here for this. You guys are responsible. Uh, what kind of state was he in most of the time? Was was he like partying on the way to the spot or would he stay partying for after the spot? Oh, after the spot, it was a celebration. So he was he was in the right. He wasn't too fucked up when he was trying the gnarly tricks. Oh, never. Oh, never. OK. OK. Never. I'm going to move over here because. Oh, OK. I think my phone's about to die. This is where we go to a commercial break and and uh, get a new uh, trailer for the uh, Skate Mafia promo about to hit the airwaves any day now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't <Okay>. know. <laughs> Hey, it's Matt D at DLX Skate Shop, 1831 Market at Guerrero, as in Tommy. Come see us. Real, Antihero, Crooked, Thunder, Venture, Spitfire. We're here every day of the week except the big holidays. We've got a curb and we've got smiles on our faces. Come let us get you stoked. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. I like the fucking, uh, it looks like a cabin. It's all wood uh, ceilings and shit. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, my spot's pretty sick, dude. I'm, I'm hyped on it. Are you Are you in PB? Where are you at? I'm in Hillcrest. Okay, now we're oh, okay. Is that, that's by, is that the upper hill? Like by where the, uh, the run Washington is? Washington Street? But it's about yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the area I live in. Oh, sick, dude. Uh, let's talk about that. That was fucking one of the highlights. Of, I mean, dude, I I might be exaggerating a little when I say it's one of the highlights of my life, but I think it was one of the highlights of my life is fucking just doing the run with the Hemis, like going up, tipping the elevator, coming down the garage, bombing the hill. Like we had probably like, whoo, I'd say maybe at least 15 of us. Um, the time I went and uh, you guys were, I don't know if you're still doing it, but you guys, I know Wes was saying pretty much almost every weekend, somebody was doing it a part. Of oh the crew. yeah, for, for sure. We, we do the run all the time, man. The runs, the move, you come to San Diego, you got all our, any of the mafia dudes or anyone really and come do the run. It's, 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 it's like the best thing ever. It's so fun. It's like real skating, just rolling and fucking laughing with your homies. So yeah, sick. smashing. So I know you've told the story a million times, but I gotta, <laughs> I gotta hear this, this situation where you're like running from the cops and you jump off a bridge or something like that. I heard you jumped. I heard you didn't really jump. Like there was an accident. Like what, what, what went down there? So what happened was is uh, we were all partying and having a bonfire down by the water and stuff. And there's only like one way you can get into the spot. And I was like, I was 17. So I was like, I was in trouble already with like the cops and stuff for like, I had curfew. I had curfew and I seen the cops coming in. There was like deep and I was just like, oh man, everyone got in their cars and we were, I got in the back of a truck and they were stopping all the cars leaving. And I was just like, man, I can't get in trouble with the, with the cops anymore. So I ran up onto the bridge and I'm like, I told my homie, I'm like, yeah, just pick me up on the bridge after you got through the cops. And then, um, so I ran up onto the bridge and I was waiting at the beginning of it. And then I seen 
some cops like coming towards the bridge or, or coming up the bridge. So I started like running up the bridge and I'm like, damn, I'm like, okay, if I hop over the center divider of the bridge and go to the other connecting side, they can't make a U-turn and I could just run down and meet my friends and be out. So I ran up a little and then I went to hop over the wall thinking that the bridges were connected. And when I hopped over without thinking, like I noticed that the bridges were uh, super far apart and I just like fell. And I was just like, and then I looked and I was like, oh, I'm falling far. And I was like, it's over with right now. I'm like, it's done. Was it over water or land? No, it was over the bridge. Part of it goes over water, but I landed on the part that was like cement. Is that, is that real? Oh, fuck. So did you shatter your leg? Yeah, I landed on my feet and I thought I was dying because I got all the wind knocked out of me. So I was like gasping for air because I think my knees hit my chest or something. And I was gasping for air. And when I finally caught my breath and I tried to move, I felt like he cracked a knuckle in the middle of my shin. And I was like, oh, and that and it was broken. And I was down there just like laying down there by myself at night. And then there's some um, Hispanics down there like fishing. And they're like, hey, yo, what, what you doing? You know, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, man, I fell off the bridge. I'm like, I fell off the bridge. Call, call the ambulance. And they looked at the bridge and they're like, started laughing. They're like, you didn't, you didn't fall off the bridge, Holmes. Like, what are you doing? And then I was, I pulled up my leg and I'm like, no, look at my leg. And it was like this swollen. They're like, oh shit. And they, they, they cut, they called the ambulance for me. I was down there for a minute and the ambulance went to the other side of the water at first. And I was like in so much pain. And then, and then they finally came and, um, came to where I was at and then they just cut off all my clothes like right there so I was just like butt naked laying at the bottom of this bridge I just jumped Fuck. off and it was like so it was so crazy I'm like my legs broke and I'm like butt naked in front of like all these strangers like <laughs> oh man but but it didn't matter you know <laughs> so then you go to the hospital and then they they fix you up and then do you go, do you get busted or the, do the cops catch you or what happened right there? They, they never caught me, man. Oh, I shit. Don't, tell you the truth. I don't even think they were driving up the bridge to get me. Uh, oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> you know, it was all it was all in my head. I think it was just it was all me. You know, I was a little tipsy. You're on probation. Like if 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 you get caught, you're you're busted if, if you're doing anything wrong. Yeah, yeah, I was, I had curfew and I was uh, on probation. So I was like, anytime I'd see cops, it was just, it was just like flight mode. I was just like, I would be out. I would just run, you know? <laughs> what kind of shit were you doing? Were you, you were just getting into drugs or you were doing other shit? Nah, back, back then I was like racing cars. I was into racing cars. I was uh, doing music skating obviously and then i would just be out late i think i was in trouble for like racing huh and i and i got my car impounded and i was in trouble for that and then i got on i got on probation for that first because i was drag racing oh, okay 
we used to go to some spot in Mira Mesa in like San Diego where all the, the racers would meet up and then we'd like race until the cops came. And then when the cops came, we'd be out. But I got caught. Oh, <laughs> what kind of speeds would you be getting up to? Oh, just like, you know, it was a quarter mile. So probably like, you know, 100 real quick, 110. Yeah. Just down. Mm -hmm. Fuck. And we had so, like a long stretch. Okay. And then did is that why you went to uh, prison? Oh, no, 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 no. That's not why I went. I went to prison in like 2012, like years later. I, I went to prison um, like way later. That was uh, that was I was only 17. Then I went to prison eight years ago. Eight years ago, uh, yeah. 2013. Yeah, 2013. So uh -huh. I was like 30 years old or something, you know. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I'll talk about it. Uh, shit, I just, from there, I just got into the, the lifestyle, you know what I mean? I started using, you know, my skateboard money to flip weight and just like, you know, I had family members who were in the game and, I just started like uh, moving work and and flipping my money that way and getting into all types, you know, all types of stuff to just, you know, to get it. I was like, you know, I was trying to stay loyal to the to the streets and to the people who I knew from before. And I was trying to put them on and at the same time, like create like this, like many, you know, like. We had a we had a click, you know, and that's just how we got down. I was doing good and I had other people who were doing other things who, you know, that doing other things that were legal. And, you know, I got talked into basically using my money to flip weight and do all that stuff and everything. And then I got into that and then I got at the same time I was sloppy because I was uh, you know. Being a skateboarder, I was just partying all the time. So I got some DUIs. I got a gun charge. I got wow. a, a, a possession, uh, transporting, intent to sell, just like a butt. So the, all the charges throughout the year, because I did county time and everything. I, I did a few like terms in county, nothing like real, like six months here, four months here, 80 days here. You know what I mean? But yeah. Just finally, they're like, oh, man, you know, we need to give you some real time. So they gave me um, three years. Wow. Three years. Yeah. I know it's a huge difference, but like prison and county, like what's the what's the major difference there? Like, is it everything? <laughs> oh, man. County, there ain't nothing. You ain't got no action with anything in county. It's just stale. It's just whatever. It's expensive for food. Um, there's no cell phones. You don't, you don't get regular clothes. You can work, but you don't have no real jobs. Like you can't really go to like college or anything, but prison is like way different. And the scariest like thing about prison is what I didn't know was uh, reception. And in order, before you go to prison, you have to go to classification, which you have to go basically and sit in the hole until they classify you because they can't put you, they can't put everybody who got sentenced to a prison term together. Cause there's some people doing 80 years, some, some people doing life. 
some right. people doing three years like me. So you can't just put everyone together. So they got to isolate you until you get classified to see which level of prison you go to. And there's four levels four being like the highest. And that's 23 hours lockdown uh, a day. You get like an hour wreck, but you're in a cell 23 hours a day. So, and then level three is a little bit more uh, relaxed. And then level two is you can, um, you know, it, it's, you're chilling, you can uh, work and do a bunch of stuff. And level one is like, I was like level one. So I, the hardest thing for me was going into prison to, was the classification process because I was in a cell for four months for 23 hours a day. Most of the time, 24 hours a day. Like a solitary confinement? Yeah, for four months. and Just so they could figure out the where, what level you were in? Yeah. Why does it take them that long? Because um, I didn't have a number. You get a prison number. And some people who've been in prison before, they can classify uh, faster because, you know, they've already been there so they can see your stuff and put you in there. But they had to get me into the system and it just takes that long. It just there's so many people and it's overcrowded. So Whoa. you're just you're just you're in the cell. I got I got a shower like twice a week, if that maybe once a week. So I had a bird bath in the cell and. Dude. All types of stuff. You're self-ed. Like, but it gets it gets better. By the Ooh. time I ended up getting out of there, out of solitary confinement, I had a phone in there, I had weed, I had tobacco, <laughs> I had Pruno, I had a radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What do you what did you do? Okay. How do you not go crazy? What's your mindset? Like, I mean, that's a long time to be in a how big's that room? Like six by uh, six? Yeah, it's nothing. And it's not like I wasn't I was in Chino prison. So it's super dirty. It's uh, hot. It's yeah. like there's like roaches and mice. Like it's, Are you just it's, trying to sleep as much as possible? Like what are you, you trying what's your mindset? You can only sleep so much. Some people get on medication. And uh, um, I wanted to I remember I was in ad sec and um i was like oh I'm, I'm gonna you have to put in a request for medical and then wait and then all that like you have to wait for a guard to come by and flip it through you know ask for the paperwork the request all that so i was like yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to sleep so i was like gonna put in uh a medical thing to try to get some sleeping meds but someone who's like done time before and he's like He's like, hey, man, don't take those pills. Don't take those pills. And I'm like, why not, man? I'm not trying to, like, say whatever. He's all, you're going to come out different. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm not trying to come out different. So, uh -huh. but after a while, you start to, you get, like, these booklets where you can order, like, stores and stuff. So you can order, like, Top Ramen, beans, rice, like, candy, snacks, all the stuff. You can order it once, once a month or once every three months i forgot i know it's once every three months in regular prison but you have like the regular store canteen and then you can then you can order like packages like you know so you can you can order a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't think you can get in there you know what i mean like right so i was able to get all that or order all my stuff then 
get a hold of my people and then order some books and stuff. So basically how, what you do in a sale is like, you have to program, like that's how you keep from going crazy. So I treat, you would treat your day like a, like a job in the cell. So you'd wake up, you know, clean the cell, breakfast would come, eat breakfast and then uh, read a little bit, take a little nap. And then, you know, then lunch, you know, you'd have your little lunch and then, then you'd work out or whatever. And then I'd bird bath and shower in the cell, get all clean and take my time doing that. Probably clean the cell again after that. And then, and then read for a little bit, you know, read and then journal and stuff, maybe take a nap, you know, talk to your celly or whatever, you know, talk to some people in other cells. And then um, by, by that time, it's like dinner time. You have dinner. After that, you chill, you know, chop it up and then you go to sleep. So you just have to like program out your day, however that looks like, you know. Dude, that's heavy. Like what you're hearing seems like it would be the hard part not to go crazy. Like people yelling and screaming or just, I'm cold, I'm hungry or whatever it is, just random shit. I have two eighth grade diplomas. Like that stuff. I remember I spent the night in jail for a fucking DUI and I was just tripping on the dude going like, someone help me the whole time. Like he was like dying or something. I was just like, Dude, this for like four months? I don't know. No, it was it was crazy. It was insane. Like the fourth month, I started to feel it in my in my veins. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my gosh, something's like I would, you know, meditate a lot and just like read, journal right. a lot, study. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna use this as school and I'm just yeah. gonna like get up on my education and get a lot of cool books. And then I'm gonna transcribe the books, take out everything out of the books that resonates with me journal yeah. it so i have and i can go back and then you know i'll oh, be writing man. raps and then i'll be working out programming i'll be making food in there you know what i mean and you know i had i had my routine so so did but, you write a lot of shit huh oh yeah yeah i got journals and i i still do that i still read a lot and, and write and stuff and just like constantly on like a learning journey you know what i mean nice yeah Whew. Damn. What was the most real thing you saw in there? Did you see anyone like get the shit kicked out of them or like some yeah. early? I seen people get stabbed. I seen people get set up. And the scariest part of there is like the prisoners run the prison because there's seriously people in there. The scary thing about prison is that there's the smartest people in the world in there that are not good people. So people with like photographic memory and uh, just insane the smartest people in the world but they use it for the wrong thing so they run the prison there's guys in there who have 23 hour lockdown in the cell in their boxers because they're not even allowed to have any clothes because they can probably make a phone out of it like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they run the streets from in there that's what i never understood like and they're getting drugs or like whatever to like people get shit in prison somehow. It's just like, oh man, there's there's so many ways. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways we would get shit. Like the mind's crazy. When you take away the distractions, the mind starts going. Like I felt the smartest when I was in there. Uh, well, you got because a lot of focus, I guess. You got you're just reading. You got focus. You're constantly listening, thinking of stuff. 
I mean, you'd be surprised. That's why I think it's so important to meditate and stuff and just like be with yourself. Like, can you, can you stand yourself for 10 minutes a day with nothing, you know, like that's what it's about. And it's uh, I think we, we're distracted away from our power, from everything going on, from what we're really capable of. Cause I seen people in, in prison that it was just insane. You know what I mean? Do the most incredible things ever, you know? What's the first fucking thing you want to do the minute you get out of there? Like, are you going straight to get a fucking kick-ass meal? Like, w- w- like I got to go to the beach and just get some fresh air. Like, what? What's your like? The minute you get out, what do you think? Like, what do you want? To, what are you doing? Um, seeing a woman and eating. Here comes the nice. Okay. See my, seeing my girl, you know, seeing uh-huh. my girl, <laughs> obviously, and then uh and like getting some good food, but could see, you see her at all while you were in there? Was there visiting rights or? Yeah, there's visiting, but I was far up North. I was up in uh, Jamestown. Oh, um, cause, cause I went to fire, I went to fire camp. Ah. And so I was a low level offender. So I went to school to be a firefighter because you live better. So I went past the test to be a firefighter. And then I did the physical training and then, I got shipped off to a fire camp, which is way different than prison. You're like in a mansion with everything you need, eating good. You become a firefighter in prison and it's like you're free. Like I was free in the fire trucks, fighting fires and doing all that. Okay. So that was the right move for just to like get it going. out. Huh. Uh, how long does it take to rebuild your like muscle memory and get your skate legs back? Oh, I was doing that consistently in there. That's all I was doing. I was just doing exercises to keep my muscle man. I was working out every day. And then as a firefighter, <laughs> that was the hardest thing to do in the world. Like we had time, we had hikes, like that, the, that gear you have on is like heavy. It's so it's so heavy and we're constantly out on the grade hiking, working out. We had weight rooms and everything we had, you know, protein shakes, protein powder, all that. And then I did a lot of mental um, visualization too. So I would skate in my mind. Ah. So I would physically work out and do like skating workouts. And then I would skate in my mind when I would meditate. What's like the, what's the go-to like is squats and burpees and shit like that, or, or like you're doing a lot of leg emphasis or what? You know, we did a lot of hikes, so I had the muscle and I was working out, but mainly like stretching. Stretching. Like, yeah, stretching and keeping your limbs, like keeping your full body integration because there's a point to where I was getting too big. And like for me, like getting too like big skating, it just like kind of throws you off a little bit. It's good, but yeah, I, I learned as going time, like less weight is better and the, the flexibility right mm-hmm. that's what i've been working on uh with this isol i mean we've been in lockdown in sf a little bit and so i've been we got an exercise bike but like the thing that i'm really needing to do is like i'm not good at it and i need to learn it more stretching like i need to take a yoga class or something because when i do it i feel so much better good try pilates man pilates what I did- huh I've done yoga before and yoga is amazing, but if you're not doing right, you can hurt yourself, you know, but Pilates uh, is like, once I did Pilates, I was just like, yo, this is, this is the way this is, okay. 
this uh, is it for skating, you know? I'm going to look into it. Yeah, I need, I mean, the older I get, I'm getting like kind of chronic arthritis in the upper. And it's just like, dude, you got to stretch it out and like quit sitting like this, like sit like this and get that shit fucking strong. And yeah, you got to sit, you got to sit with your stomach with your posture right the core huh yeah Yeah. i know i got a dude that helps me uh chiropractor slash uh sports dude and he helps a lot but like it's it's all about up here it's like just remembering to do it and doing it like you know like someone can help you but you gotta do it yeah you know movement movement is medicine you know and you know before you go to sleep you just gotta you know stretch and breathe into your you know ligaments and do you know just move and in the morning do the same thing and just uh try to try to eat healthy just be mindful of like your 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 body you know it's uh-huh. like because skateboarding is the most important thing to me ever so whatever i have to do to like skate Keep it going because like with pilates when i first got into i was like man i'll try it, but this is this is for you know i didn't i didn't know what it was and then when i did it and i actually got on a reformer and stuff i was like oh man, this is what the secret is that they're not telling anybody, you know? Do you need anything special for it? Just a mat or do you need like the blocks or stretch the armbands or any of that stuff? No, you can do beginners like mat classes and just look, look on YouTube and stuff. Like YouTube. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look into it. When the studios open up again, I would definitely invest yourself in, taking a class with a with a trainer on a reformer like do that and it'll change your life like seriously right like really like i'm telling you okay i'm in yeah we're yeah. We're, we're looking for this stuff because uh like i said the older you get the more in tune you realize like when you're young you're partying <laughs> you're doing a bunch of shit your body can handle so much stuff but then you start slowing down a little bit and you realize I got to cut these things out. I got to start focusing on this. And that's kind of where I've been trying yeah. to be. Let's talk about the switch hard heard around the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Fucking <man>. the Berg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. So survival for real, man. How did you decide that you were going to go up there the first time and try it? Like what, what made you think like, I think I got the distance for this thing. Like, had you bet you'd been to Wallenberg before, right? Yeah. I've been to Wallenberg. I mean, ever since I first went there, like I knew I can do it. It's just like, it's, there's a lot of components into going and doing it. You know what I mean? You can't just yeah. like push up to it. You got to get the ramp and everything and all that, you know, because. And the conditions of the weather, like it's windy as fuck sometimes up there. Yeah. So when I first went, I was just like, you know what? I went with uh, Jesse Sylvie and some other people. And I'm like, oh, let's just take a trip. Like I, I rented a U-Haul, went and got the ramp. but And I thought that would be all there is. And I went later in the day and it was windy. And I was, I was like, I'd go past the wall and I'd be like, oh, man, there ain't no, no way this is going down. And then I wasn't dropping in on the ramp right. Like I was dropping in from the beginning. I wasn't coming in from the roof, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't enough speed. And then I was still landing on it, but it was windy, you know? And then people started telling me like, oh, you got to go before 10. I'm like, before 10? I was like, oh, man. Wallenberg for breakfast. 
Yeah, for breakfast, for real. And I'm like, before 10? I'm like, who goes be- to Wallenberg before 10? You know what I mean? Like, so I was like, okay, that's that's the secret. And he's like, yeah, because the wind. I'm like, okay, cool. So the second time I went, I went up there and we were uh, all, all ready to go, you know, you know, with mafia, everything. And um, I get to the airport and I pop my trunk and my board wasn't in there. And I was just like, oh my gosh, my I'm like, how it was in like my other car. And I was like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, let's go. I'm like, let's go anyway. So I get to SF and I set up a brand new board, you know? Yeah. A, a, a Christmas board. And I went there and it wasn't happening. You know what I mean? It was not happening. Uh, th- this next time I was just like, you know what? Okay, I know how to drop in on the ramp. I know how to go. I know to go before 10, we went at like 7.30 or something. And I know to bring my board. And I'm like, and then I'll be all good. And then I got it. And I knew I was going to do it. I meditated on it for like a week every day, like visualizing it. Mm. And then that's what it was, you know? You spend the night at a hotel? Yeah, we we flew up there. The homies... uh, everyone from skate mafia took a van up there and then me and dc flew up there we uh went and got the u-haul we parked it overnight we went out to eat and then we went in the morning that was sick i got the call from Wes. i fucking drove over there i got an angle in there i was super hyped it was fucking celebratory (laughs) dude that was so sick uh it was it was a crazy feeling it was a crazy feeling like to, it was a crazy feeling to to visualize it and to do it as i visualized it you know yeah so that was like it was it was insane and just all the homies with all the hype and all the support you showing up and everything it was it was a lot of pressure from people everyone driving up there from the u-haul the ramp the buildup, it was, it was stressful. <laughs> I feel like, wasn't it de- like, wasn't it pretty much, was it even past deadline? Like, was it like, this is the last day you have to try this trick for the video? Yeah. And so like the video was kind of done with like a little, like if he makes it, we're going to put it right here. Yeah, exactly. That's what Dan said. He's like, he's like, if you do this, I'll put it in the beginning. He's, he's all, it's going in the beginning. And I'm like, word, because that's all I'm doing. Damn. <laughs> so sick, dude. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of notoriety after that with like, uh, I don't know if it was from that or just everything you were doing in life as a whole, but like you got to interview in Forbes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that. Like, what, how did that come up? That was interesting to me. I, I seen that you had like a full, like it was a big, it wasn't just a mention. It was like full interview, big piece on you. Oh yeah. They hit me up. We set up the interview. They want, wanted to know if they could, you know, use the photo. They wanted a, a portrait and I just did the interview, like how we're doing it and made it happen. And then with like a lot of other publications too, but more so with this, with that in the skate industry, what I'm doing with uh, my rehab facility and all that in my skateboarding program and Pilates program and, you know, all wellness, it all like ties in because 
their whole question was like, how are you doing this at this age? Something like this, you know, so it kind of mm. like ties in with, you know, my sobriety and the way that I train my body and my mental health and everything. So it, it all it all ties into that. You know what I mean? So how does that go down? You got you you're sober pretty much out of prison or did that take a little bit like were you partying still after prison for a while? No, it it hit me. It hit me. I definitely in prison realized for the first time that maybe I have a problem because <laughs> I never hey somebody else anytime I got in trouble with alcohol or DUIs, somebody else was a problem. You know what I mean? It was yeah. never me. I always looked at anyone who had a problem with like alcohol or substance abuse that they're just soft or weak. And that was my personal judgment on it. And I always looked at myself as like, what? I'm a, I'm a skater. Like I'm not, I don't have a problem with nothing, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I run it, you know, but when I was in prison and like, I was just like, yeah, maybe, maybe I have an issue with this. Maybe, you know, the alcohol is getting the best of me and, is probably more powerful than I am. So I just had to come to that re realization. And I'll tell anybody who's trying to, who's in the ring, who's struggling with alcohol and who's having problems is like, listen, man, alcohol is the undefeated title. And I'm just going to put it like that. And nobody has won. So my hat's off to people who can drink responsibly or whatever, but if it's starting to affect your life and your family or your skating or you're getting in trouble for it. It might be something to take a look at. And I'm not right. judging. I'm just saying for me personally, when I drink, I like to go in all the way. Yeah. Like I party hard for months at a time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Years. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like my fiance. She was like, have you ever blacked out? And I was like, have I ever blacked out? <laughs> I almost only blacked out. Like when you drink, it was like either they cut me off or the alcohol cut me off. Like, you know, like it was like, yeah. we're not just going for a beer to socialize. That wasn't at all what we did. Yeah. If you can do that, cool. But like, that's not me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to put out the message to people that, you know what I mean? And especially skateboarders that, uh, hey, you know, if you have a problem, it's not it's not like, you know, it's you can get help. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with getting help. And as far as far as skateboarding is concerned, you can reach out to me like I have a facility. Right. Yeah. I have a sick facility. You know what I mean? And in San Diego. It, yeah. And it's tailored around a healthy lifestyle, not like the stigma that you hear about rehab, it's like, oh, prison or something like, no, it's not like that, you know, where, you know, I wanted to create something different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in, in the new age. And that's the healthy life recovery? Yeah, healthy life recovery. I'm partnered with healthy life recovery. I do, you know, everything from admissions to the skate program to, you know, and skate program, Pilates. Um, basically anything you want to do or every, anything you felt like you're missing in life, I make that happen for you. Okay. You know I mean? And so how rad dude. Yeah. And it's not like you're in some f hospital facility where out of network. So that means, you know, we're private. So 
you know, we have our, our office buildings and facility, but you're staying in houses, like nice houses. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and shit. Yeah. So, you know, like if you, you know, need help, like you're going to be living a better lifestyle than you were before. And right. I'm going to basically put you on and let you know through my personal experience what I did to to be able to do the things I'm able to do now and come from where I came from. Uh huh. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I know it's a long discussion and a, and a long process. And if it was that easy, people wouldn't have an addiction problem, but is there anything in particular, uh, like from my perspective, like, is it about changing your, your people? Is it about, is it about like, kind of like going through those programs, like the AA programs, having the steps, like, is there one thing in particular where this is at least for beginner, for the beginning moment that you think I have a problem, this is what I got to do to at least start my journey? Um, the first thing I would say is being honest with yourself uh-huh. to recognize if you have a problem to be able to admit that. And secondly, to put your pride and ego aside to ask for help if you don't already know what to do or have the support. You know what I mean? So that's what it's all about. Like being, if you, if you have the, if you have the capacity to be honest with yourself, then you have a chance. But if you're in denial, then that's your journey. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to suffer or until it's time, everybody has their different bottoms of when they're done. You know? Right. And people will fight it and fight it and they're just fighting with themselves. You know what I mean? So if you, and this is not for every, I'm not saying for everybody who drinks, like I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying if it's affecting your life and your life has become unmanageable, then you have to be able to man up and like admit that to yourself. You know what I mean? And then secondly, you have to put yourself aside and be like, maybe I need to get some help. And some people can go cold Turkey, whatever, but usually with what I see is like the out, al- the alcohol or drugs is just a symptom. There's something else that's going on inside of you that you haven't healthy help, like dealt with in a healthy way. Uh-huh. So like the alcohol is like, or the drugs is a suppressant. So you're just suppressing your issues into your subconscious. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's kind of the the trigger stuff that you hear about is like what lures you back into it. That's the stuff you haven't taken care of yet in your own you know, world, like whether it was your dad died at an early age or you got beat up or molested as a kid, like there's some big gnarly shit going on in your life. You don't take care of those. That shit's always going to haunt you. And that's kind of what's trying to hide this stuff with whether it be drugs, alcohol, whatever. Like I know for myself, I was depressed and probably still am a little bit, but like, I mean, we were just getting hammered because it was just like, yeah. that's what you wanted to do is just feel numb. Yeah, no, and, and absolutely. And more, more so now, nowadays people are more open to, you know, asking help and stuff, but just being a skateboarder, how I grew up was just like, you don't talk about your feelings. Like, you know, like Peter would slap me upside the head. Right. If I told him I was sad, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's just like, uh, me being a skateboarder, you know, it's just, I just want to like, you know, let people know that like, if you have some mental, everybody has 
their own personal issues. Everybody has their own story and journey. And I just want to let people like, you know, skateboarders know that you don't got to be alone with that. Like there, there is help. I'm here to help. That's what I do. And because I've went through some of the same things. So I wanted to create that specifically for the skateboard community, you know? Right. Huh. That's, dude, that's sick. I'd like to get, I'd like to, when I come down there, I want to check it out. I want to, I want to see what this is all about. This is the kind of stuff that we're really trying to get in tune with up here too, is just trying to help people with our life lessons, like not trying to preach, not trying to judge, but yeah. trying to be here for assistance and support if if you need it or want it, you know, those kind no, of things. Ab- absolutely. And it's just like evolving, you know what I mean? And like, and we all know when we fall down on the ground skating, like skaters skate, our skateboarders support skateboarders. And, that, and this is just a lane in my personal life and experience that I feel like doesn't exist. And, and you know, I'm, I'm creating that for for skating for skateboarders and so they have an outlet with with that that they feel like they have somebody like me that they can relate to who actually specializes in this so you know what i mean yeah and and that and that's what it's about and all for the sole purpose so we can be better skateboarders and better people yeah and feeling good is actually it's not overrated <laughs> like yeah. feeling good is feeling good man and uh, uh one other one other skater uh shout out to brandon novak shout you know, out he does the same thing i do and uh we you know we work together and stuff and you know oh, we're, cool. we're really we're really uh you know making moves to you know bring awareness to no matter what it sounds to anybody you know i'm not preaching or anything i'm just saying if you have even mental health issues or substance abuse issues, you like you have a resource as a skateboarder because as, as skateboarders we're we're misfits. You know what I mean? We don't want to listen to authority. Mm. Nobody understands us. I'm different than you. So now, you know, there's a, there's an outlet and we have two facilities. We have healthy life recovery and we have MHC of San Diego, mental health, San Diego. So, we have okay. both for substance abuse or if you have mental health issues and you see with like skateboarding, some of the stuff that that's happened, you know, with suicide and skateboarding and all this stuff, like, man, you know, yeah. like it's, 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 it's really, it's really sad. And I don't care what anyone thinks like for those who do need help, I want to let them know they can reach out to me and I will hit them up personally and get them the resources and the help they need or bring him over to me, you know? Dude. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I, I've lost, it's insane. This last year we've had a fucking insane year. Obviously everyone has with the COVID, the pandemic and stuff, but like seeing people fall to fentanyl, especially has just like, it's been so gnarly for me. I'm just like, dude, I know, but like open your eyes. Like, don't do this shit like fuck it's like it's hard man you i've had some friends die because they were into opiates and then all of a sudden the fentanyl game came in and that shit's a whole nother level and boom you're done no man it's it's crazy i lost my cousin like my best cousin because he liked to fuck with with coke you know what i mean and we all did you know yeah 
one point, but back in the day, like we, you just be able to do it with anybody whenever. And uh, he went in some girl's purse when she was in the shower and thought he was doing a, a bump or line and it was over with for him. There was some fentanyl on there and it was done. So that was one of the main things that told me because my lifestyle, I like to party hard. I didn't care what anyone said. I like to have fun, period. Right. And I looked at myself in the mirror one day and it had and and for anybody listening, like it really has to be your decision. Nobody can like tell you what to do, anything in life, it has to be your decision. You know what I mean? You have right. to make that decision. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to die if I keep partying because I don't have that fear complex. I don't, I don't really fear. I don't have like fear really for anything. So I'm like, if I keep doing this, like I'm going to die. And like, if I go out like that, that's all I'm going to be remembered for. And that ain't, that ain't, as far as my personal pride, like that ain't going to happen. Right. Know? Okay. Uh, what about like getting in the van with like the crew and shit, like people are partying and stuff. How does that affect you? How do you like get your mindset to like not be judgmental, but also not like let maybe a trigger or something lure you back in? Well, like through the years, like I've got my proper tools, like set, set up to where it doesn't affect me at all. You know what I mean? If somebody, mm feels like they have a problem they can hit me up but i don't like try to preach to the homies or or get it's not my job to get in the way of anybody's journey that's sure. not what this is about you know what i mean because to just keep like, yourself to keep yourself in line i mean like maybe you're stronger than a lot of other people but you know, a lot of especially younger kids are trying to they're impressionable they want to like fit in so like i'm trying to i'm trying not to do that but like my idols are doing it. So I'm in there doing it with them type shit where it's like, no, nah, do just be you. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. To, to any kids like listening and you know what I mean? Like you don't have to get down like that. Like be yourself, be your own person. There's more power than that. You don't have to do what the next person's doing. And if you're a skateboarder, like I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to help you be a better skateboarder. Right. Trust me. If you're scared to do a rail, I get it. Like, you know, when I used to s skate like big rails and stuff, like I'll be like, okay, I'm going to try this, but let me have a couple tall cans first. I'll be back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Liquid courage. Oh, yeah, man. but it's, it's unsustainable and it doesn't last. So, right. And there's uh, we have the power to access anything. So if uh, whatever your advice is, cool. But, um, you know, as far as me personally, like to get back to your question, like, if I do feel triggered by something or uncomfortable, I'll just leave, you know, right. I'll just leave. And, but I don't get affected. I'm cool. I'm, my eyes are open. I see what's going on. I know what the result is and that, that people know, especially my homies, they know they can reach out to me and talk to me, but I'm never Sick. judging. Like, yeah. just like when I, when I was partying doing my thing and people would try to tell me like, Hey, Brandon, you got so much going for you. Like you could be this and that, like just like lay off the sauce, not be like, who sent you? Like who sent you? Like <laughs> <Yeah>. really? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh man. I wasn't hearing none of that. So I get yeah. it. You know what I mean? I got my filmer, my photographer, and my bodyguard, but who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, who are you? I'm like, are you paying my bills? Like, wait, where did you even come from? Fucking a well sick dude that's i mean your story is amazing like 
really Thank gone you. through a lot of shit and fucking got your shit together in a in a in a respectable way. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people get their shit together, but do it like and all of a sudden they're a different dude. You're the same dude. You're still behind the same shit. You still got the same homies, but you're doing what you got to do. And I mean, there's nothing like that's just wisdom. Right. And, and evolving. Yeah. So exactly. I, much love on all that stuff. What's the, what's your current status? What's the future whole, you got any big goals? You guys filming anything right now or. Dude, absolutely. I'm still skating, you know, mentoring my, uh, you know, my nephews, Masaki Hongo and Shintaro Hongo, you know, he skates for weekend VCs out here. So I'm super excited about that. But the future for me personally, man, I'm going to keep on helping people. And I got some, some big things coming up in the next few months that I'm not going to talk about right now, but when it rolls out, it's going to be dope. And okay. I'm working with some amazing people like, uh, can't, you know, with Ken Russell and doing some things with my facility. That's just, I'm just going to continue to bring back to skateboarding because that's what I'm married to. So I just, I want to make my wife happy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dude. Happy life. Happy wife. Happy life. Yeah. Uh, say what up to Canton, dude. I haven't seen that dude. He built a skate park in Corning uh, right yeah. up here a little ways. And that was the last time I saw him, but we had a good day out there. It was the uh, city opening. Mayor was there and all that shit. But yeah. uh, Canton's a good dude. Yeah, su dude. Super, super good dude. I was just on the phone with him for like an hour. Last night, we, uh, we're going to be working on some stuff. And, you know, he's a, a mentor of mine. So and he's killing it with uh, New Line Skate Parks, just, you know, making communities better, creating more skateboarders. And, you know, just like with the same thing when I'm doing with my program, you know, there's people who come to my program who never skated. And then there's like, girl, like women, men who've never skated before, who got boards now and who are progressing so fast. It's amazing to see. So... I'm just trying to fill the world up with skateboarders the right way, you know? Yeah, dude. <clears throat> Fuck yeah. Well, um, we always end the show on a song and you could drop any song you want. If you want to fucking put a little jam on as we, uh, take it out of here. Sick. Yeah, definitely. I'm, it's going to be my boy, Ray Jones. I'm gonna have to send you the song. Perfect. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to send you the song. Okay. Well, dude, thanks so much for taking the time out. It was such an honor and a privilege for me to be there.com at Wallenberg. <laughs> Switch hard. People were hitting me up like he did. He did it. Don't don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's handled. And then we had a good day getting fucking lunch after and celebrate. I mean, Wes flew up as the cheerleader. Like we yeah. had the crew. It was just fucking i'm never gonna forget that i told somebody the other day they were talking to me about wallenberg and i've filmed a lot of shit there you know i've been at a few buster bales i've, I've you know they always yeah. have to hit me up for the ramp and i was like i'll tell you this every fucking time it's never a jaded experience it is gnarly every fucking time like yeah. that is no joke and like you said there's a lot of elements that go into it besides how gnarly it is just getting the ramp up there and building that alone is enough to make people say I'm over it, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, the exactly. wind conditions and like, you know, 
maybe the cops come by. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen. You just broke into a school to make all this shit happen. And then <laughs> not to mention, I don't know how long it is, like whatever, but those four steps, they ain't short. Dude, it's not, it's no joke, man. It's, it's no joke at all. And like props to everybody, you know, who, who's ever done anything or tried anything down that, like my hat's off to you and, you know, and, and so much love to you for having me on here. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Let's finally make this happen. Yeah. And anytime you want to um, come down to San Diego and check out our facilities, dude, you're more than welcome. I'll roll it out for you. So just let me know. I'm in. I'm coming down uh, soon, hopefully. I, I, I really am optimistic about our future. I've been claiming second half of this year is going to be a lot better. Um, I think people are going to get it and we're going to slowly get out of this situation. And it's not going to mm -hmm. happen overnight, but we're going to get better. And the longer days, the sun, everything, let's go. Um, but yeah. definitely when I get to San Diego, I'm going to swing by and uh, I always got to meet up with Navarrete and fucking West down there for sure. And see the homies, maybe get a run in or whatever. Dude, let's do it. Let me know, man. And I'll definitely hit you if, uh, if I come up there, man. Thank you so much for having me, dude. Absolutely. Love, dude. Pleasure's dude. mine. Stay up, dude. It's really good to see you doing so well and say hi to everybody. I definitely will, man. Hell yeah. yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Hell yeah. All right, brother. <laughs> Peace. Later, man. Take care. Ciao. I trap strapped guns in my trucks in the rude boy shot down me like your mama Them out the hard I'm about to place the hard to bear arms Them don't want come in my yard Your arms way too short the box guards Said them hard, them hard, them hard, yes them hard Babylon fought them I and I once Said we murder them, murder them hey. Rowdy niggas they be pouring up the tech Still riding for and let my shorty hold the tech Grinding through the morning, sipping forties with the mesh Try to run up on me, put the forty to your head All about my glory, getting dirty for the set All my niggas look what we gon' post them for the bread Brumbo got the toaster and he close to the dead Bitch, I am my coaster, blowing coke and Sandra Pet I was smoking dope, then I woke up in a wreck
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.